Hey everybody, welcome to the stunning conclusion of our John Wick catch-up trilogy. If you haven't listened to parts one and two, or for that matter, seen John Wick one or two, you might want to do that first. Or not, it doesn't matter. Maybe you like to live dangerously, I don't know. Welcome to the catch-up. Every so often we pick a movie everybody's seen, but one of us, watch it and finally catch up. I'm John Nelson. I'm John Longino. I'm Allison Starlock. I'm Jeremy Bear. I'm John Caligiuri. Did you get that, everybody? This is the most people we have ever <laughs> had on a show before. We have five people. Ooh, hotel's full, no vacancy. <laughs> We've got the biggest show ever, folks. We are concluding the John Wick trilogy in style. We have brought everybody together to witness John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Yeah, baby. Yeah, it's Saturday night, y'all. Mm-hmm. All of us parents be staying up late on Saturday night. I even have a dress on. I like, know. God, you put know. the kids to bed and get brace, out. Brace yourself. Get out the peanut butter whiskey. Hey, John Caligiuri. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, dude. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. It's great to be here. <laughs> I'm feeling so wicky. I'm feeling wicky tonight. <laughs> Getting wicky with it. I got the Wikipedia out. I'm practicing Wiccan. I'm already regretting regretting this choice. Oh, I missed you, Caligari. John Caligari and I used to work very closely together in the story department in a reality show years ago, and he's a nonstop fun. So there. (laughs) And and listeners may remember John from our Back to School episode, so thank you for returning. Our our finest hour, for sure. (laughs) Okay, so here's what we've been doing, everybody. We've been catching up John Longino with the John Wick trilogy. He had not seen any John Wicks. How is is this even possible? John Longino, he has now seen John Wick 1 and 2. Last time on our show, John Wick Chapter 2, we brought aboard Jeremy Bear. Who had not seen John Wick Chapter 1? Have you seen it since? I did did take in the first chapter, and I got to tell you... I loved it. In competition for my favorite thus far of the Wicks. Wow. Okay. Oh, great. Would great. you put it above the second one? There was a purity to that first one that I really, really enjoyed a whole lot. Now, I enjoy, I enjoy the second one, but it was just kind of really nice and distilled, like a little morsel of violence. I just I really dug it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there is something to its simplicity. Uh, and Allison, of course, has seen all of the John Wick films along with myself. Yes. Okay, and so that leaves us our new guest, John Caligiuri. Mm-hmm. What is your history with John Wick? Do tell. Uh, I've seen John Wick 1, which uh, I, I assume is the first one, and then I've seen number 2 as well, but I have not seen 3. So I'm, I'm a John Wick 3 virgin. Um until tonight, until later tonight, I guess. <laughs> well, virgins, I love them. <laughs> yeah. No diseases, no... No. Okay. <laughs> no. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Do we have to know how to do the time warp? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> no, We're going to throw toast at the screen whenever there's a gun goes off. you got to shoot your own guns off. Uh, okay, and what did you think What uh, between John Wick Chapter 1 and Chapter 2, which is uh, your favorite? I tend to agree that 1 has a certain purity to it that's, that's really nice. I mean, like, it's, it's the first step into that really unique uh, world of assassins and intrigue and everything. So it's like, it was great to, to learn the rules for the first time. I think I liked 2 better just because I think I liked the villains better. I think that, I, I think that it, it benefited from expanding it into like this global thing that that they did 
uh, more people died, you know, <laughs> and uh, I like that sort of thing. I have a question, though. I mean, like, I, my, my question has always been, like, I, I can't. I can't even imagine what kind of collateral damage is happening. Like, like, like when they're in that club For and real. he's running around shooting people. You can't tell me that someone get, didn't get hit with a shell or some hey, shrapnel. These are or, professionals. You know, they I, know what they're doing. I they're, don't know if you all had touched on that last time. In the first so. one, we sort of said, well, they're, we took that sort of tack of like, well, they're professionals. They know what they're doing. They don't hit civilians. And John Wick even like uh, prevented himself. Like when a civilian stepped in his way, he like holstered his gun, didn't just like put it down, which I really liked. Second one, they seem to take the tack that there are no civilians, <laughs> that everybody in the universe is part of this uh, mass conspiracy. And honestly, I was completely down for that. So who knows? I mean, you know, third one, we may have different, uh, different rules. What yeah. do you think? And so that leads me to my question, John Caligiuri, since yes. uh, you're our fresh face on the show. What do you think John Wick 3 is going to be about? Well, I mean, if I remember correctly, and I, and I literally, it's been like a, about a year since I saw 2, but I believe he he just broke all the rules, right? And he's sort of running away from everyone. Yes. Uh, he, he he killed the guy in, in the hotel. Inside the Continental Hotel, yes, yeah. which is verboten. He is excommunicado. And, and he wasn't killed outright. He was given sort of like a running start before... They come after him. That's that's yes. right. Correct. Right? One hour. He had one hour to <laughs> to put everything to peace to tie all the loose ends up. Did he have his dog with him? I don't remember if he had the dog. He with did. Him. Okay, so we've got we have the dog. Um, something's gonna happen to that dog. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry to tell you. I don't. I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I'm just guessing. Something's going to happen to the dog. It's going to be a big deal. Um, it's going <laughs> so to it's factor gonna be largely kind of, into the show. It's going to be the kind of sequel where he goes home, he finds a hiding spot, and then somebody else who doesn't know who he is, the only person on the face <laughs> of kills his new dog, and then they get back into it again. Yeah, he's going to be like, what the fuck was that? Like, like, who, who was that guy that killed my dog? Who doesn't yes. know me by this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But think- uh, do you have any guesses as to what maybe the third one, in, you know, how things change up for the third or don't? change or what do you what do you think do, do they go bigger do they go smaller what do you think I, I have no idea i mean like i thinking there might be some supernatural elements to this one <laughs> that weren't in the last one like they go like to space werewolves or or maybe uh more inferences <laughs> to, to, to like drug culture or, uh, <laughs> that might yeah. actually be better than the real movie <laughs> if werewolves just randomly popped up and everybody's like well yeah there's werewolves it's, in it's this world back too. in sale shooting guns off too you didn't know that i thought that we were kind of inferred that before right yeah i mean i think the sky's the limit honestly i think uh, after everything we've seen so far i mean anything could happen as far as i'm concerned so all right jeremy what do you think what do you think of the third one what do you th- where do you think the arc is going well, you know the, the only thing that felt like it wasn't tied up from that second one well there's a lot i guess but that you we haven't mentioned yet is the fact that he buried all those guns under his house that blew that blew up he never went back and got him. And I thought, well, but maybe that's going to show up in the third. Maybe I'm over-assuming here. But, you know, with part threes, they either go even bigger or they tend to kind of distill it back down to try and get back to the, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the purity of the essence of it. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out what para, what is it? Par, para, not par, parabola. Par, parabellum? Parabellum. Parabellum. I was actually, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. What do you think parabellum means? It's Latin. And I only know it because I've seen this movie. I mean, maybe it's, I don't the speak name, Latin. it's like the, the, the name of the one of the assassin cults or something like that that he has to infiltrate. Or Interesting. Caligiri, what's your guess? What does Parabellum mean? 
I think that, well, Antebellum is, is the post-Civil War era, correct? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's trying to deduce. That's like decoding. That's I, what we're teaching I, our daughter. Uh, I wish I had thought of that, but yes, go ahead. Parabellum could be if everyone in the Civil War lost two of their legs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that's, that's just how, it, how the, war, the war ended. Um, <laughs> and that's, like I said, nothing is out of the realm of possibility, so we could end up with just you know time travel <laughs> it goes back in time to the civil war Longino, what do you think parabellum means so i do not speak latin however i know some romance languages and kind of have a, a general ear for it and uh Caligiri, you're sort of halfway correct when you say antebellum that's after war so i, I believe parabellum is for war if i'm not mad. that's my guess i don't speak latin but I know okay. I know pata from Spanish para, so I know I know for sure that's four. Okay. And then I'm guessing I actually didn't put it together until Caligari said antebellum is after the war. I was like, ah. oh wait. So I I'm guessing parabellum means for war, yeah. which would okay. make sense for John Wick. He's a warring man, and the world's at war with him at this point. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, and yeah. and as for you know what happens in the third movie. Um, it's interesting that it's the only one, I guess the, the last one was chapter two or whatever, but this is the only one with some kind of subtitle to the title Parabellum. <laughs> so I, that is to me indicating there is sort of a shift or change in tone somewhat that mm. this, Hey, this one's different. And, uh, if I had to guess plot wise, the, the only thing that I'm really interested in that has, we actually haven't seen in either movie. There was, uh, sp- specifically in the second movie, a lot of mention of, the, the order or like some the like high table high table yeah there you go high mm-hmm. table of of people so al- almost assuredly i mean i don't know but i if i was in vegas i'd put the chips on we will see the high table in some fashion and i'm gonna guess since since at the end of the second movie uh john wick has himself essentially he's excommunicado right like he's left this organization my guess is like he's at war with this organization now instead of being a part of it. He's outside of it. He's if if I were writing it has to assassinate the entire high table or something like that. You know? <laughs> that would be the way to go. Like that would be pretty cool. Like right. you know, take yeah. like like kill bill checking him off the list or something. Like, road <laughs> That'd be awesome. And yeah. I think it would be cool if has anyone else been excommunicadoed before? Because if he were to, he's like all out his dick out in the wind, you know, no, nothing to help him. All of New York is apparently assassins ready to kill him, as we saw in Central Park in the last movie. So I would I would hope that he has some kind of ally to reach out to or somebody to kind of like pair up with. And I would guess what would make sense to me is if somebody was also excommunicated from the order, that would be who you'd hit up, you know. So I, that, right. those are my guesses. But I don't actually know. And I think the big question is, I, I don't, does this universe continue or not? Like, is this movie like a concluding story? You know, it's over or it, does it leave it open ended for more movies? Right. I would personally love it if it was like finished, but I'm no fool. I'm going to suspect <laughs> that it's open ended enough to where they can make more of these movies. You're you're hitting pretty, pretty high tonight, uh, Longino. You should go and uh, buy a lottery ticket. Parabellum means uh, prepare for war. Which is, you know, close enough. Ah, okay. 
It is also, uh, I didn't know this until I saw this movie the first time, the name of a gun, a particular brand of gun, the Parabellum. So uh, mm. it's a type of gun and prepare for war. So, uh, And as far as the plot, you'll you'll see how close you get. But, uh, you know, you're in the ballpark, if I remember right. See, this is what I was going to ask you, Allie. It's, we saw it together pretty much yes. when it came out. Uh, do you remember anything about it? It has my favorite uh, action sequence of the trilogy. Ooh. So I remember that sequence quite vividly. Can you... Uh, describe it without spoiling it. <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert, John okay, Wick I'll, kills I'll, I'll, a lot of people with things, so, <laughs> sure, I mean, sure. if that's the part that'll disappoint you, the listener, then I'm sorry we're about to give that away. John Wick kills more people today. He he um, he makes great use of, a, of display cases in this sequence. <laughs> I'll say that. It's, uh, yeah, you know, and display cases have a lot of glass... Yeah, it's 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 brilliant. I mean, I don't. But the thing is, it's my favorite sequence of the trilogy. Do I remember anything else about the movie? Sure, don't. <laughs> oh, wow. But this I is... liked it. I mean, I have fond memories. I just don't remember any specifics besides that. Where does it fall in the three of them? Of the three, is it? Unfortunately, the third. I mean, okay. I, even though it has my favorite sequence, I, but even then, it's like it doesn't feel like oh, this one has lost its sparkle. Instead, it's just like, eh, it just doesn't happen to quite rise to the other two i mean i think maybe I, it's the fact that they have a stupid extra title i hate when they do that just <laughs> say john wick three <laughs> see i kind of like that the, you know the first one was just john wick then it was john wick and they had to add something but they didn't know what to add so they said eh, chapter two which to me is at least a, a you know a hair's breath better than just a two so chapter sure, two sure. it's like i'm uh, pro that i'm pro that. okay so they're going kind of literary and then i love that they're like well we kind of have to go another way. You know, we keep calling it chapter three is almost like putting a three on it. So let's call it something else. If there's a John Wick four, it should be John Wick chapter four, Parabellum two. Here we go. <laughs> John, John Wick first blood part two. <laughs> I would the be John all for Wick. the first blooding of the, the Ramboization of the John Wick name. Or they, or John honestly, Wick they, four. We're getting serious now. Or... They just call it John Wick again because right. That it's seems like the be, purge, like, and then it became right. the first purge. Yes, it's like you only add the barest, like either John Wicks or the John Wick. Yes, in right. and, Wick. and in ten years, yeah, exactly. In ten years, yeah. it'll be Wick. For sure. Wick. So, yes. So I'm Wicks. curious, uh, Jeremy Bear, what do you think is going to happen in the third? Oh man, I mean, now you got me thinking about this display case battle. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just the fact that we're talking about now that it's preparing for war. I mean, clearly we're not going to we're not going to get simpler. We're only going to get bigger and crazier. And I'm, I don't know, maybe maybe vehicles will be involved, <laughs> like flying vehicles, like that of 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 a. I don't know, maybe he's going to rip off an old stealth bomber or something like that. And, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's all I can imagine. He gets an X X wing fighter. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Exactly. Awesome. I mean, why wouldn't you if you're if you're John Wick at that point? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm almost. I almost don't even want to guess. It's just like, how, how do you get bigger than the entire world is a bunch of assassins all trying to kill you? But uh, <laughs> right. Out. Well, yeah, we can, I hear you. You want to just let it wash over you. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, we can pull from some of the tropes that we've seen in these movies thus far. I suspect there will be a sexy female assassin killer who mm. uh, is going to try to kill John Wick. Yeah. And I suspect there's going to be a buddy assassin that may or may not they try to kill each other like that that happened in both movies so I yeah i was like, gonna yeah. say he's probably gonna get injured to the point to where it's really unreasonable and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
nurse himself back to health in yeah. like in about fifteen minutes, and then yeah. get definitely back into a driving it. scene, like some some driving fighting scene yeah. for sure. It would be funny if he goes into a specific gun store and he says, <laughs> "Okay, I need the gun that'll tear through the body armor suits that we, you know, the 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 nice James Bond suits. I need the thing that'll tear through that." So you just completely negate the the, <laughs> the last movie, like the Friday the Thirteenth movies, like when somebody survives and then first two minutes he shows up and kills him. It just like renders the last one useless so i'm hoping for that mm. I, I i'm not i saw it already so of course <laughs> right. I'm like, um, <laughs> just making shit up yeah yes uh, try to throw them off the scent right for the occasion i i bought a um it, it's called it's a counter it's a it's a mechanical <laughs> counter and wow. what i'd like wow. to do is is I, 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 i'd like to count <laughs> how count. many deaths how many kills there are <laughs> john wow Wilkes. For, for Anything... those that can't see, John Calgary is holding up, like, if you used to go to the pool yeah. when you were a kid, and they <laughs> tick off every time someone walks Or through. if you were you're in PE get... in the 80s, at some point your coach had one of these. You're going to get carpal tunnel, my yeah. friend. Yeah, I know. I call it the John Wick click stick. And... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sounds so dirty. And, you uh, you want to buy the John Wick click <laughs> stick, lady? <laughs> So anything that he kills in this in this movie, people, women, men, uh, house plants, I'm gonna click the click stick, and Beast I will. Of the I field. will. Yes, when we come back, I will have a, a tally, and this goes up to uh, let me see, it goes up to nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine. So I hope. Oh. I hope. I mean, I don't want to say you may dis- be disappointed, but. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There is one prediction I forgot to throw out there, and that is a running gag. In the first movie, the cop says, you working again, John? <laughs> yeah. The second movie, the cop says, hey, are you sure you're not working again? So this movie, like, I, don't, I don't know what it's going to be. You work too hard or something like that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, so uh, I'm just going to shut my mouth. You know, again, this is not a holdup. This is a catch-up. We don't have to bet on this, but uh, are, are you are you looking forward to it? Are you a little trepidatious? I mean, what? how are people feeling about it? Um, I've been looking forward to this movie ever since it came out, and um, I'm because of, you know, being a parent and not having time for anything and working from home and <laughs> COVID-19 and all this other bullshit that has happened between... Now and then, I am. Uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I don't care if it's good or not. I, I just, I'm, I just want to see what happens. You know, you I like, just want to sit down film. for. I just want to sit down for a few minutes and have some time to myself without some, <laughs> without some kid saying, "Daddy, Daddy, please love me. Please feed me dinner, Daddy. I love you." Without that, yeah. I think, I, I, I think we all relate to that feeling. <laughs> no, yeah. Actually, I, I miss my daughter a lot, and I'm going to go wake her up and have her sit and watch the movie with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly parenting right there, Like where you're like sitting there, then finally gone to bed, and then you find yourself just looking at pictures of them on your phone. <laughs> Longino's like, uh, yeah, looking at pictures on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying every night. And Jeremy Bear's like, no. no. <laughs> I have th- three of them. I don't need to look at pictures. There's always one awake somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. Hiding in the bushes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even, even in your dreams, you're like, oh, my gosh. All I wanted was like, you know, like eight hours of sleep. But they're, they're, they're showing up in the dreams even. <laughs> True. Uh-huh. Well, I was going to say, if it's not good, I'm going to be pissed. I, I, the, this... <laughs> 
this this is this is an investment. I mean, you know, I'm I'm getting ready to be three movies deep into this. No, but in all seriousness, this is so far a very quality franchise, and so I have I do I have high, I'll say it I have high expectations. I, I expect it to be great. Nice. Yeah, See, I right like on, that. Right We're like on. going in with like I expect better like Scorsese expectations. So like this better be good, Scorsese. I don't want some of your half-ass Kundin shit. <laughs> Uh, I, I personally, doubtless it will be entertaining. I'm not so worried about, you know, it being boring or bad or anything. I think this is exactly the way to watch it. Like a bunch of people having a good time, just like John Calagiri said. I, I agree with him there. Uh, as for it will be great, as Jeremy Bear uh, has said, I, I hope it will be. But I have to say, I'm I'm tapering my expectations. Like there's just sort of a diminishing returns on sequels at some point. The third one, it, um, unless it's like Nightmare on Elm Street, is always <laughs> bad. Uh, so I, I suspect like it will be fun. We'll have a good time. I think we've seen the best of John Wicks, and this will be like a good John Wick, but not a great John Wick. That's what I think. Hey, by the way, I, I, I know it's like uh, hold up tradition to not do any research or anything like that. So I didn't. But are the same <laughs> minds, do we know if the same minds, like writers, directors, are question. behind all of them or, or not? So far as I'm aware, it's the same writer and director involved. But you know what? You know what, though? Um, this is where I'm going to be caught with my pants down. I'm going to say that, and then it's going to be a different director because they're like, ah, fuck it. I didn't feel like doing the third one. So I think it's the same writer. I'm pretty sure it's the same writer. Now I can't think, remember if it's the same director. I'm going to say yes, but be wrong. And be sad and be shamed for the world to hear. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything on John Wick 3 if I can help it. But I will say there's one thing that was in the trailer, so it's not that much of a spoiler. To me, it was just one of those moments that when you see it, it's like, well, of course, this happened in a John Wick movie. And of course, this is what they waited for the third one to do. At one point, John Wick mounts a horse. Oh my God! <laughs> I will say no more. So they scaled back. It went like, old school. John Wick Wallace is coming in. What's <laughs> he's done everything else, and it's like, well, now he needs to get up on a horse and start shooting from a horse. The the horse information has upped my excitement about tenfold. <laughs> I'm gonna say if, if this if this is like a super dumb one, like where he's riding horses and shit, it might end up being my favorite. <clears throat> so John, yes, John. Yeah? John. What? Yes, we can hear you. What is it? Oh, nothing. I was just talking to myself. We're going to go three. before oh. the jokes get worse, folks. Three Johns will be watching John Wick 3. All right, folks. Uh, we will hold you back no longer. You at home, join us. Go watch John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, and come back with us in just a moment. Jonathan, what have you done? To dream, the impossible dream. There's no escape for you. The high table wants your life. Do you expect him to make it out? A $14 million bounty on his head. And everyone in the city wants a piece of it. I say the odds are about even. Dark, five seconds. John Wick, excommunicado, in effect, in three, two, one. And away we go. 
days. Just a conversation. Nothing's ever just a conversation with you, John. We are back from Casablanca, everybody. We have returned from parts unknown. We have flown Ooh. back to New York. We played it again. A lot to unpack. So, uh, John Caligiuri, let's start with you. You're our newbie here for okay. this one. <laughs> Big takeaway. Um, I had no idea the Continental Hotel that was so big. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't realize that there was a, a mezzanine that went up over the top of New York City. It's sort of like a, a um, fortress of solitude style like place that you can go hang out. Uh, and I also didn't realize they had, I guess, an underground chop shop or something like that that stretched for like a football field. Um, right. So, uh, you know, a lot of surprises, you know, a lot of twists and turns as far as the architecture is concerned. <laughs> yes, you're, and you're married to an architect, aren't you? Yes, so, yes yeah. indeed. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, you're like this uh, is not how physics works. Yeah, uh, Jeremy, what do you think? You uh, you're seeing this for the first time. What uh, what what's your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, I, I I thought they stayed consistent quality level. Uh, I was I was super into it. There's never a moment where I was. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna say that every moment was exciting as the next. But what was amazing to me was like I I was assuming that they were gonna do the part three thing where it's like, yeah, we're gonna cap the whole thing off, but we're gonna leave it just open ended enough in case we're in case we're kind of thinking about a four. There wasn't even a. There was, there was no question at all. It, it was just like a, they're, they're, this is this is a part one of the third part. We're gonna John so. will, train will return. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, uh, we like, made the joke at the end. We said this is the Empire Strikes Back of John Wick. Yeah, because it ends with John Wick betrayed by Winston, knocked off a building, uh, rescued by a cut up Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, it's you know, and basically Fishburne says, "Okay, I've had it with this high table shit. We're moving on." And uh, John Wick says his usual, yeah, yeah. but they echo it. <laughs> it's, it's way too many things still dangling out there, like Halle Berry's oh, kid. Yeah. And, you know, I just there's, there's, there's so many things that clear threads that are going to get picked up in the next movie. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I don't buy for a second, honestly, that Winston actually betrayed him. I think there was a plan there, but, mm. you know, maybe I'm wrong. I agree with that. I don't know. I got the impression he definitely did betray him. Yeah. And then when he says the Baba Yaga, like it's sort of like, whoops, like I shouldn't have counted him out like that. I mean, maybe it's a Rashomon of, of John Wick. You can yeah. see it how you want. But I, I took it as like an, a legit betrayal because at the end, Lawrence Fishburne's at like, are you pissed off? And he's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> he wasn't like, oh, all part of the plan. Like he, he seemed legitimately surprised. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was part of the plan, but there's always part of me that says, well, Winston and John Wick, there's there's always something up their sleeves. So even if they're not like planning together, I feel like there's like the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure it, you know if they meet up again, John Wick is not going to you know immediately blow going. his head off immediately like he does everybody else. But you know I think there's some words need to be exchanged maybe, but some sure. healing. But this is the thing. Well, <laughs> this is the interesting thing. Now seeing it a second time, I was a little more uh, able to accept it for what it was. But the first time I saw it, I was sort of like the front half to me was like, "Oh, this is excellent. We're ripping right along. John Wick is being chased by everybody, and his mother goes to try and get his help. He is basically led to 
the one who sits above the high table. I'm like, well, it doesn't get more trilogy than this. The emperor is in the house. <laughs> you know, we got the guy who is the guy above the guy behind the guy. And, you know, and then the guy basically says to him, oh, well, if you pledge your fealty to me and cut off your finger and go kill Winston, then uh, we're good again. And then the rest of the movie happens. The first time I saw it, I was sort of like, I don't quite get it. Because to me, this feels like the end of the movie. This is like the tragedy of John Wick. He's ended up exactly back where he started. And I like the last half. And, you know, I think the last half gives us a lot of tricks and things to think about. But I do think that there's like a it's sort of like the, the first three movies of John Wick sort of end for me when he cuts his finger off in the desert and basically gives away his wife's ring to, you know, this leader above all. I'm like, well, that, I mean, maybe he's got something up his sleeve, but it doesn't get much more. I mean, and I celebrate that the writer and director kind of did that because that is like, okay, what's the worst thing we can do to John Wick? Take him back to before we met him basically with nothing. So I, I like that idea, but I'm just like, okay, so they better have something big planned for the fourth one because I'm like, well, to me, the movie is sort of over and now we're seeing an epilogue almost or a coda to this whole like he's back in. This time around, I was a little more like, oh, I can roll with it a little better. But in the theater, I was sort of like, oh, OK. I, it's interesting you say that. I had an absolutely and completely different point of view on the whole thing. It was in no way over in that scene. I can see why you think that because you always watch movies from a character point of view. So right. his character has reached like this arc of, you know, the whole time it was about his wife and now he's seems to be letting go. Although I would argue he seems to say I'm doing this because the only way she lives on is through my memory. So my, my only yes. goal is to stay alive. Totally whatever. agree with that. And I totally yeah. I don't even fault the guy for being like, well, I just, you know, maybe I'm just saying something to get by and I don't want to die. But there is a part of me that's like, man, you really are like. Give, he's giving away parts of himself that up till now he has refused to give away. You know what I mean? He has refused to give away the memory of his wife to any of these. He's basically said, no, I'm out. I stay out. I make yes. my own rules. But this is where he's, this is the first time he's been literally forced to bow right. and say, but I don't make the rules anymore. For, for me, um, as, as plot man, uh, <laughs> the, the plot of this whole series demands that there be a war against the high table. That well, is yes. obviously where it's going. So there wasn't for a single second me thinking like this is a wrap on John Wick or it's over. It, even though it might emotionally feel like a, a kind of coda to to his story, like I would not. There wasn't a moment I thought he was actually going to do this for real. Oh, like, for, it, for sure, it's it, come out during the Trump years. <laughs> uh -huh. But like I, so I like the kind of. I, I mean, it's a the journey. By the way, makes no sense at all. Like, the, if <laughs> if you're just gonna stick it and say fuck you, like that's what you did in the last movie. So to go all the way around the world and like bow your bend the knee and cut your finger off and be like, okay, I'm back, and then just immediately throw it away. Like, nah. Like it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little strange. That is. That's one of the things that is sort of like the first movie for me, where it's like, well, they knock him out. They've got him dead to rights. It's like the fact that they don't put a bullet right, in his brain right. right away is a failing. Luckily, like that's not what I was there for. What I was there for <laughs> was a fun, entertaining time. And boy, let me tell you, this movie just brought the goods. Like yeah, yeah. I was, I was fucking floored. Like Ali, that scene you talked about. 
the the uh. sort of knife throwing antique. I gotta reassemble a gun so that's the right bullet to shoot this one guy once or whatever. Yeah, he takes and, part like two or three different guns to put together on the fly a gun that can shoot the single bullet that he's got, and he takes the longest time awesome. to do it, and then he yeah. shoots one bullet and throws it away. <laughs> I didn't realize it until the end, but there there are, are technically multiple display case fights uh, throughout. Yes, <laughs> this, this, this is true. But you I did mean that one towards fight. the beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The second half of the movie, they're fighting in the the Continentals like museum, basically, and every yeah. single one of them is a crystal skull, which to me is also great because it's just like, eh, yeah, there's aliens and we know about it. We've got all their heads, <laughs> but uh, eh, what's the difference? I, I think that like near the end, I felt like they were running out of like combat stuff to do, and they were just doing Three Stooges type shit. Like when they pulled the guy's jacket over him, and he looked around like, "Oh, what am I gonna do now?" I was expecting him to like hit him in the nose with his like hand, like outstretched and up and down and all that, like and poke him in the eyes, you know. I mean, that front half, though, I do feel like they put all the. Be- I mean, I, I see why they did that. They put all the best action in the front half, but. Holy cow, because first it starts off again with, you know, a chase, a knife, you know, fight in a knife uh, display store. A smash and grab to kill them all. Where they're just yeah, basically turning amazing. each other to pin cushions, and then there's a horse fight where John Wick is using horses <laughs> oh to God. kick people, people in the, in the head. That horse shit was un-fucking-believable. Yeah. And I mean, it just keeps lining them up like just to pins in a bowling alley and it's just getting knocked over by these horse hooves. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know how long that sequence was all told because it's basically just one sequence, just him running and getting you know beat on. But yeah. it seemed like half hour, 45 minutes and that time just flew by. Yeah. And then there's sort of a midpoint where things slow down. They don't get, you know, it, it doesn't like slow down in a bad way. It slows down sort of like the second one where they go to, you know, Rome and there's a whole other thing going on. But it did feel to me like the pace slowed down and never hit that height again but to me the pace didn't pick up the same i mean it never ramped all the way up again which there's probably something to be said for that that it's like okay we're trying to show you something a little different on the other side but yeah when they're sending the high table assault army after you it's like okay is this base i mean because they were just like literal faceless people who you know wear these helmets and these suits and just get shot in the neck but they had to shoot them a thousand times that was the whole thing one bullet ain't going to do no more you gotta which is fine i mean again there's nothing wrong with that it is just like there was no i mean the adjudicator which is a you know the woman who comes in and basically tells everybody well you helped out john wick you're getting punished like this and thus and so and it's cool that she is not also like a badass fighter that she then hires other people to do her dirty sure. work for her. But there wasn't sort of like a big bad of this one. I Frankly, I sort of like that. I mean, it's yeah. interesting that you say that, oh, the movie started great and then the pace was great and then it sort of like slowed down and, and maybe wasn't. I, I, I don't know if this is what you mean, but it sounds like you're saying wasn't as good in the back half or something like that. Uh, well, I, I don't know if not as good. I mean, it's just it, there's something about the first two movies where they were able to sort of slow down and then pick up the pace again for the end and I feel like this is the movie where they didn't quite pick it up as much I think the issue for me looking back on it because frankly I just kept falling asleep uh, (laughs) in that second half of the film yeah you were like the me of this I I was not hanging she's taken John Longino's crown I was college college lecture hall all over the place she was man down man down and I was like why because I really liked this movie the first time I watched it and I think so much of it is so good and then I think I realized that 
it's like i think you guys are on to something about the whole villain thing it's like well where's the good villain and it's not so much the villain itself as it is the obstacle besides pure survival was unclear you know like i feel like it was sort of like being against the high table was sort of like well being against the wind you know they even say that in the movie and it's like cool so your opponent is the win that's super dramatically <laughs> convincing like i'm really sucked in in this moment <laughs> wow and, uh, to, to your point i'm I feel being like a little they... overly harsh i really enjoyed it but i mean i get why i would then start to check out even you know even though you must also attribute it to just general sleepiness <laughs> being a <problem>. uh, <laughs> i i feel like the 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 whole bit with the um adjudicator and the sp- talking about the high table and everything it really almost slow it it it's it was sort of like stopped the movie in its tracks for me every time she showed up mm. because it wasn't as scary to me it was just kind of annoying cuz she showed yeah. up and she was like well you know what you're not supposed to break the rules and I'm like okay lady I don't need you to be telling me all this shit like it it, it seemed like they went they, they were really heavy handed with this whole idea of the rules it just kept coming back over and over again and <clears throat> It it almost made the high table less cool because you're like, yeah, <laughs> like they were whiny. Yeah, like like okay, you know they they they're they're this cool shadowy group in the other movies, and you wonder who they are and where they exist and how they work. And instead, it's like they're this like kind of lame bureaucracy that sends this like <laughs> yeah. this yeah. like does, this does annoying have, lady like, around high table power of attorney or something. Like she doesn't have to <laughs> check back with this mysterious table of people. Well, I like, took that to be like a, a Supreme Court justice. You know what I mean? Okay. The Supreme Court justice is you know they basically work for the United States and nobody else. There is nobody who can tell them what to do when they're ma- when they're throwing out a sentence or throwing out a judgment. And that that to Got me it. is what it's basically like. Well. We've made you adjudicator, so we therefore trust you to hand out sentence. It's like hand of the king or something. Right, exactly. Okay. Was I the only one who thought that, that it was going to get revealed at some point that she was like this amazing assassin herself and just was going to start <laughs> kicking all this ass? I seriously I, I was waiting that for that for the sure. whole time. I mean, when I even said before we started, like, where's the hot assassin lady? Yeah, as soon right. as she pulled out of the car, I was like, here we go. You Bingo. Know, but, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, she didn't really go that direction. Yeah. I feel that the Halle Berry thing was kind of interesting because in that big fight scene, they spent so much time uh, from her point of view running around fighting and, and killing people, which is something I don't think I remember from the other movies, even though he's had sidekicks and stuff, you don't follow them. You don't see what their experience is uh, of the the different fights and the intricate, like elaborate, like battle scenes that they have. And I thought it was just really interesting because you don't see John Wick for like, I don't know, five five minutes ten minutes or something yep, like right. that like and because i because like i said i have the john wick click stick that i've been oh yeah, so yeah. Very, oh, what'd, you, yeah. what'd you get with that what's our results? well I, i'll tell you it uh the the grand total and i don't think i missed one is 98 kills on camera wow. wow which is much lower than i thought, I thought we you can infer one. that you could triple that in terms of the off-camera damage <laughs> Sure. Like I didn't count if you just saw him shoot somewhere because you assume okay he shot somebody yeah, and there gotcha. probably right did. well yeah. that's probably true but yeah I mean it was interesting that she like I, I, during that scene she killed way more people and she was like way more of a badass and it was just it was I, and then then it, then she she she's gone she's not in the movie very much but it's like. It was an interesting choice that that suddenly John Wick is not the the focal point of the film during those scenes. 
Yeah, she was almost a movie stealer. I mean, she was so so great. And the whole uh, sort of balletic stuff with her and her dogs. I mean, she... Which seems to be a Halle Berry, like, mainstay thing. Like, every movie she shows up in as, like, a, a, a third... Party, then she basically takes over the movie for ten minutes and then disappears, <laughs> like James Bond. Because she's so compelling. Well, because yeah. they keep wanting to make a, a spin-off with with Halle Berry of some kind. They keep they tried to do the James Bond one that didn't work out. I don't know. I haven't heard about this, but I would not bet against them trying to do a Halle Berry John Wick spinoff. But I, yeah, I haven't heard about well, that. Either. John Calagher, I'm glad you brought up that scene because that I think is my favorite sequence in the movie. The whole Halle Berry dog fight scene. Uh, don't get me wrong, Ali. I love the the art, you know knife scene. That is an incredible scene. Oh no, I think there but, are definite like a tie. Uh, those two yeah, it's amazing, and that's why I would sort of counter you, Nelson. That it, I don't think the movie necessarily slows down after that moment you're you're pointing to because I I I picked up on that as well, Calagher. That like Halle Berry is almost like an equal to John Wick. They literally set her up. She it's, she's got dogs. He fucks with the guy fucks with her dog. It's over. I know I'm going to kill you. Uh, She, it's like lady John Wick basically. And I, and I really dug that for some reason. I was really moved by the scene where Halle Berry acted her fucking ass off. And while Keanu Reeves sat there slack jawed, she was giving, she was talking about her daughter and giving, you know, giving it like 8,000 million percent. Yeah. I, I was, I was, genuinely moved i was like oh my god her daughter like this is... and i i'll i'll state this because i i think i need to make it clear like i loved this one like oh, i think i liked it more than the second one honestly okay like mm-hmm. i to me there was a return in tone of goofiness and and kind of ridiculousness that i felt was lacking in the second one the second one was very serious uh, yeah, I'd agree See, with that's you on that. Wow, very, that's there's literally like a suicide scene in the second one. Like it's incredibly right. grim and serious. And this was like horses kicking faces <laughs> and the and the you know sushi samurai bad guy talking about how cool their fight was as he's dying and stuff like <laughs> I loved it. Like, it was just fun. It's so funny how we have such a differing opinions because I thought the front part, I think you're right, was a, was a real return to the, you know, again, the goofiness and the fun of the John Wick one. But then I felt like, again, after he meets the, the high table or the, you know, the Lord above the high table, after that scene, to me, it got very serious and, and there wasn't as much goofiness. There was the guy, of course, you know, who's like, man, I'm just a big fanboy for you. But he was about it, honestly. I mean, there was Lawrence a couple Fishburne's of... Lawrence Fishburne's pretty goofy. Well, Lawrence Fishburne's always pretty good. He was pretty goofy in the second one, too. No, but apparently, but, that I, didn't I, do it for you. Honestly, way better in this one. In the second one, he was very reserved, just like, these are my birds. Welcome. This time, he's just like... Fucking high table, schmack table. Now I will, I, I, <laughs> sir, sir, I demand that you acknowledge that Fishburne said the wonderful line, overacted the wonderful line. Yes. We're all going to Applebee's. That one. <laughs> that was true. true. That was like, true. I like the line. It was like, I forget what it was, but it was like, it was something like, you see them as birds. I see them as the internet. <laughs> yes, that was incredible. <laughs> An actor's commitment is a tool like no other. <laughs> the hobo internet. It was great. And didn't he? Didn't he have like a New York? Or no, it was it was Winston that had the New York City line that was like. 
They're yes. the high table, but I we know. are New York City. <laughs> right. I was like, what does that mean? I felt like a British like, man. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what, though, in Ghostbusters, doesn't doesn't Winston in Ghostbusters say, I love this town! Oh, right. Yes. Oh. It's like right. it's a, yes. a Winston connection that we're it's not... all uh, a reference. You know, yeah, yeah. Apparently there's some contractual <laughs> thing. If you shoot a movie in New York, you have to proclaim it the most powerful and best city in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like, hey, you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with all of us. This is... New York, eh? yeah, <laughs> like Teenage Mutant Ninja are Turtles. Just, they're like that, though. They're just like, oh, yeah. have you seen our city? It's the most fabulous city in the whole world. They're like a parent. They're just and it's like, like your streets are covered in shit. Like, <laughs> Nobody does that with Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, like, no. LA is my town. <laughs> what do you think the LA Continental is like? Do you think it's just the standard, like, people yeah. just... It's absolutely... No, it's it's the Soho house. That's yeah, I was going to say, it's basically it's like Soho Musso house. and Frank's. It's the Soho house. It's, yeah. you know... I really can't speak to that because I have not been out for, like, five or six years. So, <laughs> and I know things change a lot, but... By the, by the way, I for some reason, I did nerd out with the idea of, like, multiple continentals, and here's, like, an international Oh, 100%. And, yeah, I wanted yeah, to see all yeah. of them. I'm like, and, yeah, for sure. I want to see the LA one. I want to see the fucking you know minnesota one yeah. i want to see i want to see the, the one they have yeah. yeah i want to see the one that they have in you know like fucking some in tuscany you know i want to see the one they have in russia you know those are Absolutely. less funny i like the yeah. minnesota one it's funny that i never even thought of this before but uh, so we've had the mythology of of like the coins and the assassins and all this stuff and then in this movie, they go to Casablanca and then they go out into like Lawrence of Arabia desert. <laughs> and then they make Keanu Reeves cut his finger off. And then also earlier, they pointed out like, hey, here's our assassin's coin. And they talk about the origins of the name assassin and start saying, is it Hashashin? Is it that I'm no history major? So <laughs> I'm not going to claim I know all this, but I do play a lot of video games. And there's a <laughs> whole series called Assassin's Creed, which is partially based on you know, real supposed history, but there is like a real historical context of like an assassin's guild that it, right. you know is up to shit around the world. So I, I can't even believe it didn't dawn on me until this movie. And in fact, the, that cutting the finger off thing, that's something that members of that guild did. Mm, right. Uh, that That's like a symbol of that. So it, it, I liked like tying in real world, sort of historical pseudo mythology stuff into this. And it may, I was like, Oh, of, co- of course the assassin's guild. Yes. That is obviously what this is. Why didn't I even think of that? Hey, but speaking yeah. of like the international part of it, I, I completely expected this movie to open like two years later and he's hiding out in like Calcutta or something. And, oh, and something draws him back. I, I just assumed that's where they were going to go. I totally didn't expect that they would open the movie like literally 30 seconds after the last movie. <laughs> right. Closed, that was which, so great because that's what cool. they did between the first and second one too, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Wasn't yeah. it yeah. like yeah. immediate? Yeah, I love that. I love that too because it's surprising. Yeah, because usually these week. kind of sequels, that's what happens, yeah. right? It's like, oh, you know, now uh, Tom Cruise is actually hiding out in Belarus and, uh, <laughs> and they, you know, the messenger comes and he's like, no, I can't, you can't pull me back in. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, Tom Cruise manages to live like, 
like a lot of life in between Mission Impossible movies, <laughs> like five or six years. Yeah. It's always like, oh, I've been retired for ten years now. It's like <laughs> always a different boss. Yeah, um, yeah. fucking yeah. love Mole. those movies. But so you're like, like 120 <laughs> now. I, I can't keep up the. Pin. Yeah, Tom Cruise is like, what? Put on a fucking mask. I'm serious. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was even a moment in this movie though where I they said something like. Oh yeah, the uh, the the guy who went out because of the the puppy in the car a week ago or something, and I was like, holy shit! <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, all three of these movies take place over the course of like you know like fifteen days or something. I mean, it's right. It's, it's real abbreviated. Uh-huh. Well, there's even like times where because when the adjudicator sits, I'm like, well, for the last several weeks he's been you know murdering scores of men, and I was like. Yeah, I guess if you count the travel time, maybe it's been several <laughs> weeks. But I honestly, I feel like we're just seeing over the course of three movies, like you say, maybe 15 days. I feel like we're seeing actually like six. <laughs> you know what maybe, I mean? It's yeah. like two days in the first movie, a couple in the second. But I guess they have to, you know, spend a few hours on a plane at some point. Yeah, which yeah. is cool. It's bold. I, I, I like the fact that they're doing It's It's more straightforward, which in this, in our culture, our like entertainment culture is actually weird. To be straightforward <laughs> about things, but right. I yeah, it. it yeah, yeah, it is. It, it kind of it's funny that they had some of the actors from the raid because that's yes, that's a similar principle in that movie too. That's part of what makes those films so special is that they're just like, oh no, it's just a fight. It's just a really long, long fight. <laughs> that's pretty much the whole movie. So welcome. We're going to do an awesome job, but I, that's I, pretty much what it is. I do have to say, I always love seeing the dudes from the raid. The you know the bad guys from the raid. Absolutely. They showed up in Star Wars. I love you know I loved them in the raid. But I do think it is kind of a shame that they only show up as you know like third level thugs in these movies. Yes. And, you know, like yeah, I, I want to see that dude, the brother from the raid. I want to see him be like some criminal mastermind, or at least you know, I want to see him be the adjudicator next time. <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And we also discuss briefly um, the John Wick movies' love of glass and mirrors because there's a lot of incredible <laughs> and breaking glass all of them. Yes. Yeah. This was just the glass break festival, man. Like they, they were making so much sugar glass, they must have just ran out of sugar. Like, <laughs> oh my god. And the balls <laughs> on those folks for for or the vaginas. I don't know who was shooting it, but uh, for like constant just mirrors, you know, like yeah, shooting no. all of these action sequences and just like he and yeah. it was almost like they just kept being like fuck you we're doing it anyway he'd like walk between a whole line of mirrors and shit. <laughs> right yeah oh, can we also talk about how everyone had magic powers in this movie that, that was unbelievable <laughs> well, like everyone I think was I just called it early on yeah, yeah said you said it. it was like they're like ghosts yeah. or something right <laughs> yeah. yeah you're right you you were dead right they're all ghosts they're all just they all of them are dead and just don't know it yeah that's why the uh, civilians ignore them because they don't know they're there my thing uh, I, I just didn't understand why John Wick is walking around on the street when when his uh, the the when they they put the the bounty on his head, you know he's like he's like walking around in the rain. This like seven foot tall dude with this like long ass like wet hair <laughs> and this in a suit with blood on it in New York City. You know, it's like you'd think he would find like an alley to kind of sneak around in. Well, he had to get like, his medical you know, care, man. He still had an I, I, hour left, or you know, yeah. what was had left to get of his hour. book. Yeah, yeah I know. The, you know, his book from the library. You know, uh, yeah, the- I know. But, but you, you would think that he would have like some shortcuts, you know, not through <laughs> Times Square. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it is. It's a weird movie, and I understand they, I guess, parlay or give people peace. But it's like we open with him barely surviving, running around the streets of New York, and then like midway through the movie, they're like, "Welcome back to the Continental." Like, <laughs> yeah. like, That's what? actually one of my favorite parts about these movies, and I'm so glad that it exists in all three movies. Is like, is just this idea of civility, honor among thieves. You know, right, that, right. that that it's like everyone's always got time for a casual conversation in the Continental, even if you just spent like like the last hour trying to kill each other it's like you guys get in there and you're like hey you want to have like coffee or something you know well i did that's a good move there bro but i think that was an important (laughs) distinction to make because there you know i I sort of assume because he's excommunicado you you sort of assume i think there's a blanket assumption that oh john wick can't go back to the uh continental because he can't use their services right but it's still the rule that you can't. I mean, John Wick can be on the premises. They can't serve him because they're not allowed to, but you still can't shoot him there. I think that was actually a really cool right. and important distinction because it's like, oh, these rules are real super codified. And it makes a lot of sense, too. And it's also funny that, of course, John Wick is the only one who super understands like the the nuance, the, the of nuance legalese. Oh, by exactly. the way, I, 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 it bears mentioning because I brought it up before. Uh, the All three John Wick movies were directed by the same man. And I'm going to mangle this, uh, Chad Stileski. Uh, and they were all written by Derek Kolstad. Um, however, this last one, I guess, had a rogues gallery of other writers as well. So maybe that says something about the uh, mm. preparation for it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm such a dick. I'm just judgy. No, it's just it's the committee of writers thing. Like being a writer, it's always what like about oh, a horse. It's like nail. It's like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> well, I, I you know I wonder to myself, and of course this may be floating around in my head because I read it somewhere, or it's just something I'm thinking, and I can't tell the difference between that and reality. But it does seem to me that like. This guy's done two other movies. He's put in everything he can think of. And by the third movie, they're like, hey, you know, what do you what do you think you're going to write for this third? He's like, I don't fucking know. A a horse. There's a horse. (laughs) And they're like, oh, yeah. What does he do with the horse? I don't know. Get Bob to fucking write the scene. I'll fucking sign (laughs) off on it. I'll make it good. Just don't bother me. I'm counting my money. I liked how John Wick, you know, it's like it. It's, he he understands the horse, the nature of the horse well enough. To <laughs> that know. was the best. He knows right, right where to put his hand to make the He's horse like, kick. Right, his I'm going to get way. behind the thing. I'm going to kind of scoot it around a little bit, and then I'm going to hit it on the ass, and then it's going <laughs> to kick the guy in the head and kill him. And it's like that's not something you learn in assassin school. That's like he learned that <laughs> in his like Belarusian upbringing, you know, where all that's, there yeah. is is the horse. Oh you know, my God, and that was like, also <laughs> hilarious. That he had that was one of my other favorite parts of the movie. Like as if his mythology wasn't well versed enough like we add in this whole backstory we got the origins of like where he came from and stuff right yeah i thought that was awesome or at least where his people are from he's got a you know he's from he's either from or he you know his family is from belarus we don't know he's got (laughs) a different name all i know is he walked up to angelica houston held a cross out and she said oh hello you know whatever his name was (laughs) javita is that his name (laughs) Yeah, I and then know. it was amazing. Like, wasn't I was that just Angelica like, wow. Houston? I couldn't. I yeah, couldn't that was, it was. Yes. Angelica really? Houston. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a few less uh, celebrity cameos this time around, but I guess they were like, "Well, we got Angelica Houston and Halle Berry. Who else oh, do yeah. we need?" Right. I mean, oh, and the guy from Game of Thrones. He was. Yeah, she respect, was like, respect. "I still have my Morticia Adams dress. Do you want me to bring it?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things about the movie uh, with this rewatch is the the creepiness of basically like the enslaved 
ballet students or the <laughs> yeah, like enslaved yeah. like wrestling students. It was students. like Suspiria yeah, that, was going on too. Oh my god, it was like, yeah, that would <laughs> be they a were weird hinting, double feature, you know? I mean, as far as like Longino said, I, they were hinting that this is where John Wick came from. Yes. At this school. They were, it's like an assassin school, but it was just, it was so such a great visual to be like, wait, wait, you're like looking at the ballet dancer and you're like, does she have bruises does she have open wounds what am i looking yeah, she at she like here? is forced to dance until she gets it right and then ends and, up having to pull up pull off a bloody toenail and right yeah. and like why does she have all those tattoos because like no ballerina <laughs> has tattoos because their whole thing is trying to be like a you know a clean slate to be you know maneuvered or whatever for the different roles and she's like full of tattoos and exhaustion and i just loved it <laughs> Well, they were, uh, this I do know for sure, they were uh, talking about making a spinoff about the ballerinas to this movie. I I hereby (laughs) offer my services. Uh, Jeremy, what did you think? Where does this fall in the the great, the grand John Wick? uh, Yeah. In the, in the, yeah. And like in the lineup, I don't know. It's, that's a tough one because it did. I see what you're saying about like the comparisons to two, like maybe it kind of got some of that original spirit back. To me, it felt like a pretty fairly consistent ramp right into what the next one probably would have been. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought I, I, I enjoyed it pretty much as much as I enjoyed the second one. I would say I, okay. thought, I thought it was cool. great. I love the commitment that they had to the, the gags and the aesthetic. And there was a, I, I kept, we talk about this a little bit over on our show, which is the, uh, you know, the Simpsons rake gag, you know, Homer keeps <laughs> right. stepping on or whoever it was, Sideshow Bob was or somebody Sideshow keeps, Bob, yeah, yeah, keeps hitting himself with a rake and it's funny. And then it's like, okay, this is a little much. <laughs> and then it wraps me around to funny again. I, that's how I felt like with this, but with dogs chewing on balls. I, it, it, was, <laughs> it was such a commitment to it. After a while, oh, you're like, uh, and then it comes back around. You're like, wow, this is a theme. What, what does it say about me? I never broke. Like, I was just like every time. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm glad for your happiness. I mean, I th- it's a great movie. I mean, well, that's the thing. Why... My pickiness is just like being picky. And because yeah. I happen to be sleepy, so I get to be snarky about it. Like, it's it's a good movie. For well, sure. and for me, it's sure. like this, this movie is like what other action movies wish they were i mean oh, 100%. it is you know oh it's the least of the john wick films to me that means it's like better than like most of the terminators you know what i mean it's like there's very few action films where we watch i mean this is again this is why i needed to see this in a group because the best part of this movie is when you know a horse kicks a dude in the face and then the dude flies 20 feet back seeing these guys on zoom go oh <laughs> and wincing and yelling dude, the, with the knife in the eyeball holy the yeah. fucking <laughs> shit that was like yeah. I've seen some gnarly shit. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it how every time you think John Wick is gonna let a guy go or something, he does something really awful to them instead. Instead, it's like, oh, you know, he he's gonna be merciful to this dude. Instead, he's gonna stab him in the brain through the eye, or he's gonna smash a dude into a book until his head <laughs> and the book break a shred apart. <laughs> Like, well, the best wow. one of the best gags in the movie is when he goes in to see Angelica Houston, and they make him take off all his accoutrements, and he's about to go in. And they say, "No, no, belt too," and he takes off his belt and lays it down. And you're like, "Well, I suppose he could use that as a weapon. No big deal." So, of course, third right. act, he whips his belt off and starts kicking the shit out of people with it. And I'm like, "See, these guys—they don't throw anything away. I love—they're like the the Breaking Bad 
crew. The, the other awesome thing about that scene, and this is what I loved about the movie, it's like everyone that fought him was just like so stoked to be fighting him. Like they, they, they were, I mean, yeah, yes, they were they trying were to kill him. They were in the big leagues. Yeah. It, they were like fangirling out on him, just like, oh my God, I'm big fan, John Wick. Like, oh my, I can't believe I'm fighting you. Like, all right, let's go. Yeah. See, that part I love the most. That to me, they had kind of, you know, had fallen away from in the second one. And then, you know, it was cool that when they came back to it, it, it wasn't just, oh shit, Baba Yoga, oh God, we're all dead. Yeah. It was finally back uh, around to like, oh shit, we're going to get killed by John Wick. <laughs> Yeehaw! There's something kind of amazing. I love it when bad guys, you know, show that kind of uh, oh, awe yeah. to the good guy. I think Just got to catch my breath. I'll be right behind you. <laughs> He's like, no, yeah. you won't. He drops Dan. Well, that's and John Wick is not amused. He's not really. He's not falling for that banana in the tailpipe. You know, he's like, he's like. Well, that is one of the things that works to this movie's advantage almost every time. It's like no matter how silly and goofy and preposterous everything around him gets, John Wick is so fucking mopey and serious all the time. And sometimes some movies that's just like the death of a movie. But him being completely like a cipher completely works for me i don't know i mean you could say that keanu's just I, i've heard some people say that well he just kind of phones in the character part and i'm like i, I don't know i, I disagree feel like he stays yeah. strong and committed throughout yeah like because it would like... be so tempting to sometimes just react to like something he did like all right you know instead he just forges on yes well he's always tired he's always like clint eastwood tired like ugh. <laughs> like when halle berry's like he shot my dog he's like yes I get it. <laughs> I love, you know, just, you know, the, the worn out hit, man. It's always, always good. Oh, my good. God, 100%. Because, of course, you would be, especially because he's not a 20-year-old hit, man. I mean, it's like, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, he's like 50 or whatever He's he no is, Liam so. Neeson. Let's let's give it up That's, to the geriatric yeah. king of uh, action movies. <laughs> this, this is fair. This 100%. Is fair. 100%. I'm kind of curious what, what everyone here thinks is going to happen in John Wick 4. If I don't see the this high table, I'm going to be mad. I'm honestly mad that I didn't see it in this movie. I'm kind of with you on that. I kind of felt like, well, this is the third one. Table, We're supposed though. to, yeah, we need to see the high table, right? I mean, yeah. I actually was kind of like, <laughs> the front of the movie, it seemed like they were setting up. It's like, okay, Winston's getting yanked out of the Continental. Lawrence Fishburne is getting you know dragged out from his job. It seemed like what they were setting up is, oh, the second half of this is like, okay, the high table versus yeah. all these misfits and outsiders. And then to kind of you know roll it back to like, oh, Winston's back with the the you know the gang and uh, Lawrence Fishburne is kind of where he was before, which is on the outside looking in. It's like, well... I see what they're doing. And again, I think they went for an emotional thing rather than a plot thing. So I get why they did it. But it's also like, I'm with you, Longino. I want to see some, I, I want to see the other like 11 I, high tables. Frankly, you know? it, it felt like John Wick chapter three, part one. Parallel. <laughs> right. It, do, it yeah. does. Yeah, yeah it does. It, well, it's John Wick and the Deathly Hallows part one, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, that was another thing with the guy who was like the, the fella above the fella. I, you know. I like that conceit, but I don't feel like they did enough with... I mean, I see, what again, what they're doing from a character point of view, but for the guy himself, it's like he's just a guy saying, oh, well, I want fealty and I want this. I felt like they're so good at like subverting your expectations. He was one of the few characters in these series where I'm sort of like, he was a sort of exactly what I figured yeah. that, that guy to be. You know what I mean? There was nothing different about him. And he was even like super young, and I was like, I mean, not like 20, but he was also young enough that I'm like, well, he's younger than John Wick even. How do you get to be the guy above the guy at that age? I mean, what? who is he? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I understand who he is to them, but like, seriously, Tre who is he? 
He's a trust fund baby is what he is. Uh, well, <laughs> he's I, Don Jr. I immediately he's thought, yeah, he's like a schmoozer who used to be the intern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His dad owns a ton of property in fucking Marrakesh or something. I want to see the intern at the <laughs> Continental. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that guy that always like shows up early, stays late, and he's like, I'm committed. And it's like, sure, bro, you don't have any life. <laughs> I, I mean, knowing the way they operate, it's probably some Ra's al Ghul shit where, like, he's not even the guy. The guy's yes, like, right. I think that's very, very possible because I was also like, why the fuck would you choose to live out there? I mean, maybe it's just my deep hatred of deserts, but I was like, why would you do that to yourself? And it's not even like they tied it into that great Angelica Houston thing where she's just like, life is suffering. <laughs> I did like that he have to, had to go on a vision quest in the desert, fueled only by Halle Berry's spit. That was amazing. <laughs> My favorite part of watching that scene was all y'all being like, I don't think that's that challenging. Yeah, that's like, right. It's Halle Berry's spit. I'll, I'll, I'll drink it. It's all right. She, she could bottle that. I'll buy it today. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, that. They, were, they didn't do a good job. They didn't. Uh, they didn't gross you out. <laughs> it wasn't far enough. I was kind of bored by that part, honestly, because I was like, again, I mean, you know what? I should shut up. It's just because I hate deserts. No, you should <laughs> shut up. I'm with Speak honestly of your opinion. Yeah, that's fine. No, no but it's just you know sometimes you realize you're like, well, is it just because I have sort of a bias against a certain sort of trope? But it just it just felt a little like, oh, is the vision quest literally out in the right. sun where you can't see? Drink I think anything? I, I think like, I'm like. Like down to trope i think that's that's sort of the <laughs> yeah thing. i'm not i'm not here for any kind of originality like i, I and, to me and i yeah i mean for the most part i'm with you because that that's the sort of joke of john wick right. in general is like trope 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 uh, but that one just I, I, th- I don't know maybe it's because sure. we had just seen like such an amazing sequence with Halle Berry or right. queen and savior and so then it's like oh, okay she's like okay bye and then we're like cool mercifully it was short you know like him doing his vision quest part was <laughs> yeah. short but I think I mean, they even set it up didn't they like where they they said well you're gonna have to walk through the deserts and yes. you're gonna have to be almost dead and all that and I remember even when they said that thinking you're not going to make us watch it, though, are you? Because that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole time when he was doing it, I was like, I was like, dude, it's a metaphor. Like, just it, that's all it was. Don't go back. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of metaphors, I, I felt like that the, the wife's ring thing where he gave it over. Yeah. It felt to me like they were sort of kind of setting up the idea that from here on out, we're, we're not really going to make this about his wife anymore. I, I don't know if anyone else felt like that, but it just kind of seemed like, yeah, we've yeah. kind of milked mm-hmm. that one to death. And Well, that's kind of what, on. yeah, that, that sort of goes with what I was saying. It's like the rest of it feels like a coda because it's like, okay, well, he's he's given up the thing that he's been fighting for for three movies now. And he's sort right. of, you know, the symbol of her being gone. He's lost everything else. All he has is the same picture of her that he's made, you know, a lot of kinko's copies of and <laughs> stashed in little uh, convenient locations so he always sees that picture but he's lost everything else about her so him giving that up i mean i think you're right it is sort of the filmmaker saying okay we've we've squeezed the blood from this stone long enough and and i kind of like that idea that it's like okay he's gonna have to you know when we see john wick again he's going to have to move on to something else he's gonna have to have some sort of other character thing i hope they go that way or another thing that just occurred to me is like 
why is he so weird about the pictures of his wife you know like no i mean like truly because then i started to be like well maybe this next movie is actually going to be about how like we thought the wife was like some civilian that he like left the life for what if getting out wasn't just him what if it was both of them and mm-hmm. it was like and she doesn't have any but because his whole thing about i'm gonna live for the memory of her i was like what is this bullshit because it was just yeah. like it was so it was so like sort of overly romanticized in a movie in a series that kind of isn't quite that and so it just felt it felt like he just pulled something out of his ass to say to the guy in the desert that actually that really spoke to me and i'll and i'll tell you why not to it just sort of counter it but like i often death is a big subject that i think about a lot (laughs) <laughs> and to me, to me, there some people die many times, right? There's your own death, and then there you die every time someone who remembers you dies, and then so right. someone is truly dead when the last person that ever knew of them dies, even after you've died. So I kind of understood where he was coming from, being like, she lives on in me. I, her yeah. memory is all that is left of her, and I am the vessel of that. And should I die, she is gone forever. That's kind of how I, I read I'm, it. I'm, I think I think a even though I'm a big romantic, I'm, I think the practical side of me is like, yeah, she doesn't know though. But uh, <laughs> but wow, no, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I I feel the same way. Like to me, no, she is gone. Like it's not like her spirit in heaven looks on at him or whatever. Like it, it, it it's more about like that. That is this is the only place she now exists. But memory. that's the that that's my other point though is it's like why is he the only place you know like what happened to the rest of her family where are her friends where are her coworkers so that's Bobby what makes Yeager me think something is something <laughs> is something's fishy there like why doesn't she have people you know well they had people we saw they had some people because there were a bunch of people at that funeral that's true so I mean it, you know it's just that I think everybody sort of. Because does, does in the it, beginning, John Wick was standing and just staring out the window, and everybody was like, "Yeah, just leave him alone. He'll be he'll be fine. Don't worry about him." So I feel like maybe there's other people that remember her, or they were friends with her, but, but they weren't like you know she wasn't their life. Yeah, I could see that, but I also like just from a practical standpoint, I'm like, doesn't any of them have pictures of her? Who's <laughs> just him? Well, maybe I, I'm I, just being too snarky, but, will, or maybe I'm just hoping it becomes like, oh, we thought she was just sort of this angelic ticket out, and instead it's like, oh, they fell in love because they were both kind of of the dark world. Or see, I, I, I don't know. I feel like the series has. I, I, I think what you've said, which is like the series is romantic, but it's not like that. I think the series is way like as far as that point goes. As far they have gone, like. They're really going deep into that trope. It's like, oh, yeah. my wife was my everything. It's like that's true. They are I mean, balancing everything John Wick does on that one. They're piece. doubling down. Yeah, it's interesting. He does make a sort of switch in this movie where you're right. Like most of the movie is this whole series is based around like my wife. The dog was her memory that's gone and now vengeance. But he makes a pretty critical choice, like when he turns on the high table. Because it becomes not about preserving his wife's memory. It becomes more this other theme that the movie seem, that, or actually the series seems to be pivoting to, which is sort of like order versus free will kind of thing, where it's right. like you can live in this order society, but you have to, you know, bow down to the high table and you have no freedom. So, right. it, so there's there is this William Wallace riding a horse rally <laughs> cry of yeah. like freedom, true, where they basically say fuck it. And then what the ironically, the guy that kind of talks him into that viewpoint 
is in fact just fucking him over in from my point of view to like get back with the high table he doesn't actually care but yeah. but like john wick bought it right so he he goes yeah you know what you're right fuck it let's go to war and then that's why he's so like mad at the end and him him and Lawrence Fishburne will like continue this war for free will and freedom. Yeah. It's like a demolition man. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Even Another ten fucking fantastic that. movie. That's exactly what I was thinking too. <laughs> demolition like, man a fantastic movie. There is part of what we're you know, what we as film nerds tend to do is we tend to put things in boxes and, you know, things that we're comfortable with and it's like, well, we tend when we think of movie series, we tend to think in trilogies. It's like, well, there's part there's the beginning, there's the middle, there's the end. And I, I, I'm interested to see where they go because it's like there's a part of me that's like maybe they're setting up a whole nother trilogy, the high table part of the trilogy, <laughs> or maybe they're just like, eh, we get paid movie to movie. We don't know whether we're gonna make a four and a five and a six. We just know, hey, we got to finish this one first, and then maybe we'll make another one. So they're probably just like, eh, it's stretching out a little bit. They, they seemed confident in a fourth. I got it from, yeah. from from the movie I just saw. Like, well, no, I think they already shot it, didn't they? I think it's coming out in like, well, you know, theoretically in May, I want to say. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I think think it's a done done deal. Antebellum? (laughs) Quadrabellum. Quadrophenia. Just some other word we have to try to decode. Quadrabellum. I like that. I do think it it is funny to me. It's like, in no other movie would I accept this except in John Wick. But it is funny that like the title... You know, of the movie is said by Winston Parabella. <laughs> said so silky and so Shakespearean. I, I mean, love it. I, I do. I love it too. And I'm like, well, of course, you know, uh, Ian McShane, you know, Swearingen saying that. I, I, I completely accept it. But in any other movie, I'd be like, fuck you. No, I love, I, I have a weakness for when people name the title in the movie. Like, I love <laughs> well, it. I don't mind them naming the title, but when they just basically like look at the audience and go, especially Parabellum. then. <laughs> Especially that way. That's my favorite. <laughs> Who are you gonna fun. call? Ghostbuster. <laughs> uh, speaking of Shakespeare, I just loved how how Fishburne really went that route with his character. Uh, <laughs> it's just and, full. and was just like his speeches were like these soliloquies. He was like he oh, was like man. he thought he was like he was treating it like he was King Lear or something. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> And I would like seriously. I I want to go back and like memorize some of that stuff and just kind of like do it on my own as like an exercise, you know, just to sort of like sounds on brand for you, yeah, yeah, you know, because write a few songs about it. Because he came out and he was just like he was just like my birds, um, you know, my kingdom, and he just sat there and just went for it. I loved it. Right. Did, oh man! Did he quote that? Did uh, Keanu quote the Matrix with that guns, lots of guns? That was that line. had to be. It was so exactly. I feel like they even cut to Lawrence Fishburne after that. <laughs> <laughs> Just he's not even at that scene. They cut to Lawrence Fishburne looking at the camera and sort of winking. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. shrugs. You, re- you remember this, folks? <laughs> you like that movie, right? Right. All right, Jeremy. To sum up the John Wick trilogy, what, what would you say about this experience of having joined us for two and now seen all three? You know, I don't know how long it would have been that I would have waited to watch all these John Wick movies. I, I got to tell you, like I said at the at the front, it's a great franchise. I, I I was it exceeded my expectations in every way. Wouldn't hesitate. I'm not even really an action movie guy very much, 
But these were just awesome. They were exactly, they're completely honest. They're completely fun. Fun is the reason that you go to see them, and it's what I had. So, I, dude, I really dug it. It's great, all of them. I like your word choice of honest. I think that's <laughs> quite right on. It is, it's true to it. They are so true to themselves. Well, yeah, I think that's why it's successful. You know? They are true to what they've said. You know, they they go 100%, even when, like I say, it's like it's kind of stupid to go 100%. John Caligiuri, what order yes. would you put these guys in? Which What's your favorite? What's your least? I mean, uh, top to bottom. Give me a list of three. Okay, I mean, like, like I, I think that number two is probably my favorite. Um, yeah, staying in the top. Yeah, uh, and I mean, one, you know, has a special place in the canon of uh, of the, the the series, obviously. So I'd probably put that second. I'd put this one last, but I wouldn't put them that far apart from each other because, yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah. Like you guys have said, it's like they they stayed very uh, very true to to what they are, and they didn't pull any punches. And like, <laughs> I, I, I they. You know, no, no pun intended, Allison. Sorry, I couldn't help it. I'm a um, sucker for puns. My yeah. apologies. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that what I love about these movies is that they get away with the things that no one else can get away with, and they do it really well. It's their shtick, but they actually, it seems like they take a lot of pride in it. They take a lot of ownership of it, and um, and they and they pull it off. Um, time and time again and it, it's just it's it's always fun to watch so I'm so glad that uh, I finally got a chance to see number three because I, I love the first two so I'm down Allison Starlock you've seen these movies now at least twice yeah <laughs> what, do you, what look- do you think are they still is it still uh, same order same uh, same thoughts or do you have different thoughts now I definitely should see the third one again during the day <laughs> Because <laughs> I feel like I've shortchanged that poor movie because it's, of course, great. Um, yeah, I, I think I probably line up right with Caligari where it's like, okay, two, one, three, but man, they're not far. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought they were... It's interesting because they do kind of... Um, they managed to expand their universe and their style and still always stay so true. Uh, I really appreciate that. Wait, is he the director and the stunt coordinator? What a badass. Okay, so I really just wanted to like, you know, I'm working on my first movie and I'm literally trying to put together like a couple of small action sequences and I'm shaking in my boots. Like this guy is just like, hi, we're just going to wide shot it and just have all this incredible, creative, inventive fights that... Everybody looks sweaty and exhausted and still pulling it off. I mean, that is just incredible. So, Mr. Stahelski? Stahelski, yeah. Yeah, yeah Chad Stahelski. Yeah, he's a, he's a national fucking treasure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that it's, it takes a lot to be able to just lock the camera down and say, no, we'll, we'll, we'll show you something in the frame and it'll be fine. You don't need to Paul Greengrass it and have everything be shaky and close-ups on things. It looked like, what is that? Is that a hand? Is that a shoe? I can't tell. I mean, they're basically like daring you to find the seams of this. They're like, yeah, tell us where we, you know, where we faked it, you know? Oh, yeah. And they they light them up, you know, like nothing's, you know, there's stuff in the shadow, of course. But like for the most part, the light, the fights are the most well lit, like are not well lit, but brightly lit. Yeah. Well, when they turn, I mean, they turn the lights off at the end to, you know, put everybody in darkness. And even then there's like all this green neon that they're running around in. So they're like, you don't miss a trick, which I, I completely admire um and i'm i I will say briefly that i uh agree i think i'm still two one three but uh i actually liked parabellum more the second time watching it especially that front half that front half is fucking nutso um but 
the reason that this whole series exists, the reason the catch-up exists is because I wanted John Longino to see the John Wick series, and my dreams have finally come true. John Longino, what did you think of Parabellum and the John Wick series? Oh, man. Uh, Mr. Nelson and everyone, here, here we are at a very long road, and the journey <laughs> maybe even isn't over because it seems like there's more coming. That's true. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I hereby pledge to return for, absolutely. for yeah. chapter four. Every It's everything we could have hoped for and more. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've taken me to the promised land. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I see what all the hype was about. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in. And in, ter- and in terms of the movies, I think, I think for me, and I think it just speaks to sort of what I enjoy, I, I go one, three, two. And it's kind of kind of saying saying with everyone else, like they're not that far apart from each other. I'm not saying two is bad in any way. I really enjoyed two as well. I think I think there was a just a return to like fun in the third movie that I was really happy to see. And frankly, another trilogy that we've talked about, The Matrix, started quite fun. It was very, you know, it was action and packed and whatever, but it had humor. It had a, a lightheartedness to it. The, the sequels really lost any fun. Like, it, it they, they got <laughs> yes. way too serious and yeah. way too up their ass. And it is great to see that the people behind the John Wick franchise understand that this is, you know, not the <laughs> highest of art. <laughs> and that, that right. uh, it's really refreshing to see a series that knows exactly what it is, knows exactly what it's trying to achieve, and does it with with style with with uh quality with with conviction but also with levity like it's it's a fun series and i'm in <laughs> great well thank you everyone who participated and made this adventurous party come true for me this has been uh fun from top to bottom for me so i want to thank you our newest guest john caligiri you are editing on mtv's the challenge nespa Yes, indeed. Yeah, I can. I, I, I have worked on the show. I love the show. I watch it when I'm not working on it. I'm watching it now. It's excellent. You're doing great work. Thank you. Jeremy Bear, we know where people can find you, right? Exactly. Freshman 15 podcast, Freshman 1-5 film. I do a podcast with my partner, Daniel Long. We talk about the first film of 15 directors every season. Lots of fun. Come join in. You should be uh, able to download their first new episode of the season as we speak. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Allison Starlock, thank you for uh, coming once again to our office and hanging out with us. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Starlock, A-L-I-S-O-N-S-T-A-R-L-O-C-K-E, and also at www com. Well, thank you everybody for listening. You can find us at holduppodcast at gmail.com or you can go to uh, holduppodcast.com and see all of our Twitter and Instagram and all that other nonsense. Thank you everyone for joining us for all three episodes of The Catch-Up, John Wick. And until next time, you see rats with wings, but I see the internet. Huh. <laughs>